Hello there. Uh, this is a Royal College of Anaesthetists podcast. My name is Dr. Shaman Sen, and I am an anaesthetic registrar and the current Royal College of Anaesthetists Education Fellow. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Dr. Chris Carey, the Chair of the Training Committee at the Royal College of Anaesthetists, and he's also the Associate Postgraduate Dean for HEKSS and a Royal College Council member. One of the many issues that the coronavirus pandemic has caused is a massive disruption to training. And today, we will be talking about the current updates and providing guidance for trainees in this difficult time. Hello, Chris. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Shaman. Hi. So if I could, I would like to start by asking a question about recruitment and especially what is currently happening with recruitment for both CT1s and for SD3s. Well, thank you very, very much for asking me about that. Um, if I take CT1 first of all, uh, fortunately, we managed to complete CT1 recruitment for both core anaesthetic training and ACCS before the, the pandemic really broke in the UK. So uh, everybody has been recruited to those posts and is due to start in August. And um, as of the current time, those uh, rec uh, those posts will be starting in August as planned. Um, I suppose that could change potentially if there's a, a big second surge, but, but I don't think that's very likely to happen at this stage. Um, unfortunately, CT3, there was significant disruption with the recruitment process. and We had to cancel the interview part of that recruitment um, due to the, the problems with uh, the, the pandemic and bringing people together and obviously clinician time as well. Uh, was not available for those. So the recruitment for both anaesthetic uh, ST3 and many medical and surgical specialties was affected across the, the UK. And the medical and dental recruitment and selection committee uh, in partnership with the four nations statutory education bodies have come up with a solution, which is to allocate those rotations based on the portfolio self-assessment score. Now, obviously, this isn't going to give as much um, rigor to the recruitment process as the normal interviews would have done. And it's very much a, a compromise based on the information that we held from applicants and um, a desire to be able to uh, recruit people to full programs rather than one-year lap posts, for instance, and, and those decisions were taken in conjunction with the Academy of Medical Royal Colleges Trainee Committee and also the BMA Junior Doctors Committee. Uh, obviously, the portfolio self-assessment scores don't give as much uh, variation across the scale as full recruitment scores would do. So where candidates were, or applicants, sorry, were tied, um, these will be separated by looking down the different scores that they received for each of the 11 domains of, of the application document itself. So the top few domains uh, which will be used to separate ties are things like audit and quality improvement, teaching, presentations and post other, postgraduate experience and qualifications in other specialties. Um, so the offers have now gone out for ST3, and we anticipate that those posts will be filled 
there was a large number of uh, applicants this year, which was probably largely due to the anticipated changes with the curriculum that are occurring. Um, so whilst we do recognise that this process has been very significantly compromised, we um, hope that we've tried to do something that is as fair as possible and at least allow the people that are successful to then get on with their five-year rotations without having to go through another recruitment campaign next year. Thank you very much, Chris. That's a very thorough answer. If I could move on now to talking about ARCPs and really what um, is currently happening in terms of the organisation uh, on ARCPs this year. Uh, will they happen? And if so, in what sort of format? Yes, thank you. So ARCPs will definitely go ahead this year. Um, the GMC, Health Education England and the Devolved Nations are all very keen that there is a process for uh, an annual review of, of training. We do anticipate that the vast majority of ARCPs will be conducted in absentia so that trainees will not be required to go and have a face-to-face -face ARCP. Um, now, there are obviously going to be challenges around getting panels together, but we anticipate that schools should be able to uh, find a way uh, to, to organise that. Um, the other big problem, of course, that trainees will face is that their current training has been significantly disrupted uh, in, in probably most cases across the country by providing support for intensive care and uh, surge rotors uh, for, for COVID as well. So we've asked the GMC to allow us to uh, derogate all the learning outcomes for ARCPs across all anaesthetic training for 12 months, and they've obliged so that uh, everybody will have additional time to complete units of training. Now, this is particularly challenging for those who are in ST7, and we really hope that their training requirements will be prioritised and allow them to uh, finish their training at the, the um, planned time, if at all possible, and uh, be awarded their CCTs. And in many cases, people will already have jobs to go to. Um, so we have asked that uh, training programme directors make that a top priority. We will also allow people in ST7 to complete eight months of advanced training rather than the normal 12, providing they can demonstrate that they have uh, met the required learning outcomes. Although we would also like everybody to be given the opportunity to finish those 12 months if they choose to do so and take an extension in order to gain that valuable experience for, for their consultant careers. Um, it's very hard to gauge what proportion of ST7s across the country will be affected at the current time. And I suppose much of this depends on what sort of services can be provided over the next couple of months as well. Um, but we're hopeful that the vast majority of people in ST7 will be able to complete the program at, at the planned time and receive their CCT. Obviously, the other um, cohort of trainees that are very significantly affected are CT2s because they're coming to the end of their core training. Many of them will have ST3 jobs lined up for August 
um, and they will also be very keen to try and finish the programme on time. Um, so we've also asked that schools try and build this into their plans over the next few weeks and, and months leading up to August. Now, um, in the case of CT2s, and in fact all other, all other cohorts of trainees, there are two new ARCP outcomes which will be awarded as COVID outcomes. The first of these is an outcome 10.1, um, and this is essentially a no-blame outcome for trainees who are progressing at the required uh, and expected rate, but haven't managed to complete all their units of training or potentially examinations as well because of the problems associated with COVID. Um, now, an outcome 10.1 will allow people to receive extra time if it's felt by the trainees and training program directors that that is a necessity um, or that's something that they want to do. Uh, but it will also allow people to progress to the next year of training if, if they choose to do so, and that's felt to be uh, appropriate for them. And in the case of CT2s, we will also allow CT2s to progress to ST3 jobs, even if they haven't completed all the units of training and the OSCE Viva part of the primary SO, uh, FRCA exam as well. So essentially, um, People in ST2, in CT2, sorry, will have three options. If they have an ST3 post, they will be able to go into it. If they uh, don't have an ST3 post, they will be able to uh, talk to their training program director and discuss whether they should access additional time in training or whether they can be allowed to go into uh, another post. People may have other plans already for the summer um, and complete the training uh, within that uh, alternative post. Obviously, for everyone in CT1 and ST3, 4, 5 and 6, it's probably a little bit more straightforward because we will allow them to continue their training and um, pick up those competencies as soon as they can. Obviously, this is going to place a lot of pressure on training program directors, and it may be that those um, units of training can't be uh, completed immediately in August and September, and there will need to be a plan of how people will be able to, to finish those areas. We will allow schools to combine intermediate and higher training modules, in particular for neuro, uh, cardiac, and PEDS, which may well help to uh, smooth out some of the, the challenges that people will find. But our primary goal here really is to, to make sure that wherever possible, trainees can progress through the program without having to spend additional time catching up with things uh, because of the, the response to the COVID pandemic. Now, for those who um, will definitely require more time, and in particular, for instance, for people who haven't passed even the um, primary MCQ, for instance, they will receive an outcome 10.2, which will enable them to take up additional time in training. Um, and there may be situations where um, this is something that applies to trainees in other years as well, and it, it would certainly apply to ST7s if they need additional time. So we are in the process of finalising a very detailed document which will be sent around to all uh, schools 
outlining how they should um, run ARCPs and which outcomes to award people in various different situations. And that will be placed on the college website as soon as it's finished, which I anticipate would be uh, certainly before the end of May. So I would really urge people to check on the website uh, and try and make sure that they're aware of uh, what the, the out outcomes are for the ARCP process this year. Thank you. That sounds like a very pragmatic and quite flexible approach. And um, thank you for that. Um, just to clarify one thing about CC2s, um, so uh, if they are to move into ST3 without finishing the, uh, obst their obstetric competencies, um, they, they'd still be allowed to do that, but trying to get that done as early as possible in the SC3? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for picking up on that, because that's really important. Yes, they will be able to go into an ST3 post without having completed that initial assessment of obstetric competence. However, um, we have absolutely required that nobody will be placed on a, an obstetric rotor until they have achieved that. So people cannot be put on call for obstetrics until they've undergone that assessment. Um, and that is an absolute rule across the whole of the, the country. Okay, so if I could move on to the exams. Um, what's currently happening with the exam situation? Um, I know that some of the exams have been cancelled um, recently for obvious reasons. Uh, will there be extra exams put on? Um, and what is happening to trainees who have completed their uh, MCQ part of the primary, but have been unable to sit the OSCE viva? Uh, so thank you for asking about that. Obviously, this is a very serious issue indeed, because uh, the ability of the college to provide exams is, is absolutely essential to in enable people to progress through the training programme. Um, now, fortunately, everybody who will be moving into an ST3 post this summer would already have had the whole primary FRCA, but we did have to cancel all the FRCA plus pain and ICM exams that were scheduled to be held between the end of March and August. Now, we're looking at um, picking up uh, from September onwards, and we're giving some very serious consideration to how we can run all the different types of exams, so both written papers, the SOE, and uh, OSCE as well. Um, there we, we, the, the primary goal really is to catch up with the, the capacity that we need to enable everybody to sit the exam. Now, that may be that we offer extra sittings, or it may be that we extend the capacity within the current timeframes of the uh, primary and final exams that are happening in the autumn. Um, and we will need to be in discussion with the GMC about any changes that we make as well. So, for instance, it may be that we can try and run some elements of the exams remotely. Um, and obviously, as soon as we have any firm decisions about that, we will, we will be very happy to release information. And there's a huge amount of work going on in this area at the moment. We really hope to have some firm plans in the next few weeks. But obviously, it's an extremely complicated situation. Um, I suppose the most complex area is around the OSCE, which by necessity really has to be held in a very carefully controlled environment. And the elements of the OSCE, the sort of clinical and practical elements of the OSCE, don't easily translate to 
other forms of assessment. Um, so we're thinking very carefully about how we can we can run that for those sitting the primary. For people who are unable to complete the primary FRCA, we will allow um, trainees to apply for and take up ST3 posts uh, for the next 12 months, just having the MCQ part of the primary FRCA. And for those sitting the final, we will allow trainees until the end of ST5 to complete the final FRCA. However, we do feel that we can't let it, the final in particular, slip any further into ST6 and 7, because I think that would undermine people's uh, individualised training programmes if they were sitting exams in the final two years. Thank you very much. Um, if I could now maybe move on to the new curriculum, because um, I understand uh, there are lots of plans to instigate the new curriculum over the next year and um, obviously with these disruptions uh, is that uh, still an option or are we uh, looking at a delay in the new curriculum? So the plan is still that we will introduce the new CCT curriculum from August 2021 but the way in which we're proposing to do it has changed somewhat. Um, for core training in particular it's absolutely paramount that the changes in core anaesthetic training happen at the same time as changes with the ACCS curriculum. Now, both of those are still currently under review with the GMC, but we do anticipate that they will both be approved in time to start from, from August 2021. Now, we were planning to move uh, to a system of having a three-year core training program from next summer with the introduction of CT3 posts. However, we've had to pause that part of the transition for an extra 12 months for a couple of reasons. The first reason was really to do with the issues around ST3 recruitment and, and the fact that the process was so compromised this year. We felt that the fairest option would be to give people another 12 months to apply for ST3 posts before we introduce the three-year core training program and obviously move to ST4 recruitment. So there will be a full national ST3 recruitment next August um, as things stand. The other reason why we're going to pause the introduction of that third year in core training is that we need some additional posts because although we will move from having an ST3 to a CT3 year, there are actually more core trainees in each year. So we will need to um, provide an additional 120 or so posts across the UK to account for that higher number of, of trainees. Now, we're working very closely with HE and the devolved nations on identifying uh, options for, for having those posts, establishing those posts. But a lot of the work we've been doing on the, the mapping of that has had to be paused over the last couple of months. Um, so actually having an additional year to finalise the arrangements for the CT3 year will allow us to introduce that in a, in a more sort of organised manner. Um, so for next summer, what we're proposing is that everybody going into CT1 and CT2 will be on the new curriculum, the 2021 curriculum as it's now called, called 
people in ST3 and 4 will stay on the present curriculum for another 12 months. Those going into ST5 will move to the new curriculum. And this is really about um, trying to simplify the transition from the uh, obviously intermediate higher and advanced training in the current curriculum to stages two and three in the future curriculum. So people in ST5, rather than go off to start higher training, will complete uh, the, the final parts of stage two on the new curriculum in August 2021. So those would be the current ST3s, in fact. And then those in ST6 and 7 uh, in August 2021 will stay on the present curriculum. And we anticipate that anybody who is planning to finish within two years of, of next August will be allowed to stay uh, on the old curriculum rather than move to the new one. We've got a plan to complete the transition for all uh, levels of training, all stages of training, within two years of, of introducing the, the new curriculum next summer. So we're hoping that by the end of 2023, everybody will pretty much be on the new curriculum. Thank you very much. Excellent. Um, I've got one final question. Um, and really, this has been a very difficult time, of course, for both trainees and for consultants and for the, uh, everybody, really. Um, I was just wondering if the college have a plan in terms of their support for trainees, especially in terms of morale and welfare, and what your thoughts are on that. Yes, absolutely. It's been a very difficult time, as you say, for everybody. And we're particularly aware of the, the potential uh, concerns, of the, the very real concerns, actually, around morale and welfare. Um, the uh, college, in, in collaboration with the Faculty of Intensive Care Medicine um, and the Association of Anaesthetists and the Intensive Care Society, have produced a joint website, which is icmanesthesiacovid19.org, um, which has signposted uh, many uh, websites which will provide resources for morale and welfare. We're also aware that schools and HEE have their own resources to use at a sort of regional and local level. And we would urge anybody that is having um, problems with their mental health and problems around morale and welfare um, to engage with uh, their educational supervisor, college tutor, um, perhaps training program director, and try and seek uh, any help that can be provided. I know that there are lots of different things throughout the country that, that are already established. and We would certainly urge people to engage with those. Um, I think it, it goes without saying that the profession as a whole has really stepped up to the mark over the last couple of months. And, and I know that I speak on behalf of the, the whole College Council when I say we're enormously proud of the way that our doctors in training, our anaesthetists in training have responded to the challenges that, that lay before them. It's working in a completely new way um, with all sorts of incredible challenges. And people have behaved in, a, in an incredibly professional and dignified way and really help to support services across the whole country. And we know that everybody, the general public um, and within the profession is, is very proud of, of what they've achieved in, in that way. 
So really a, a huge thank you to everybody from myself and, and everybody uh, involved in the College Council. Excellent. M many thanks for that and many thanks for your time um, and your very pragmatic and honest answers about the current plans. So thank you very much for talking to me, Chris. Thank you.